Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Front Office You podcast. Uh, we are super excited to be back recording another show. My name is Ryan Carney. I will be hosting today's podcast with a very special guest, the Director of Scouting and Player Personnel for the College Gridiron Showcase CGS. It's Michael Riddleman. Mike, welcome onto the show and thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, awesome to be on. Yeah, no doubt. Really excited to kind of dive into kind of what you do in your sector when it comes to scouting and player personnel. I know that's definitely an area uh, that I'm very interested in and not only just football, but, uh, you know, other sports as well. And I think it's really interesting to kind of compare and contrast, uh, you know, the differences between, you know, the scouting process and uh, player personnel evaluation uh, between different sports. So in the college football space, uh, it'll be a really, really interesting conversation uh, with you today, Mike. So I think just kind of to start off, would love to kind of give our listeners a little bit kind of better insight into overall the broad scope of how you would kind of describe uh, your role with CGS. So uh, how would you kind of break it down? Uh, you know, there's a lot of different components when it comes to the timeline of the season, oh, yeah. uh, the postseason, and all that. But uh, when it really kind of comes down to it, how would you kind of describe what it is that you do with CGS? Uh, I like to say I wear many hats with the organization. Um, you know, it's it, it's a broad spectrum, but like give you a timeline of things, how we do it as a scouting staff and just an organization in general. You know, after the event, you know, just give you a whole year uh, timeline. After the event, we like to take a, a month or two just to decompress, you know, kind of evaluate how the event went. And then it's start of pro, a pro day season. So we like to keep tabs on guys. Then the draft happens, you know, and um really after the draft we take another like month off and then beginning of summer we we start talking again okay let's start building out our board because you have to look at it we bring over 300 plus players in so NAIA D3 D2 FCS FBS uh even international kids a little bit too so it's it's a broad spectrum so by the middle of late summer we're we're putting that board together you know that's four to 500 kids plus, you know, again, um, from a big school and a small school perspective, then, you know, we're, we're looking at how the season goes the first couple of weeks of the season. Okay. You know, how, how, are, how are our targets looking? Um, but early mid October, we're sending that first round of invites out. And then, you know, that goes through the, uh, actually until probably December, uh, middle of late December. And then, you know, we try to lock up our roster by then. And then we go from there. Yeah, wow. I think that's uh, really interesting, especially when you kind of broke it down in terms of, you know, evaluating from so many different pools when it comes to the different divisions in the NCAA, NAIA, and international as well. So when when you kind of talked about that process of kind of putting that board together, you know, in the summer going through that, you know, where do you kind of start with all of that? Because you have so many different players and different pools that you're able to pull from. What is that kind of process like when it comes to doing the background research in terms of starting that process of putting the board together? You know, it's it's gathering the right information. Um, you know, we have a good relationship with all the NFL teams, the CFL teams, USFL, XFL. Then you talk with, you know, those individual scouts. You, you talk with agents as well. You have a good rapport with, you know, and, and it's piecing together uh, all the information and making sure everything aligns right. And then we go from there. You know, again, it's not an exact science, but, you know, this is year nine for CGS. So it's been working for that us in that realm. And, you know, each and every year we, we've, we've, uh, took an, uh, another step in the ladder and building this process out. 
Yeah, I think that's awesome to hear about, especially you just touched on it when I was kind of going to get dive into here next as it comes to some of the networking components that goes along with it. You talked about talking with different scouts and agents, you know, across the country and internationally and now being in year nine. How has that process kind of evolved for you when it comes to using your resources of your network uh, to be able to help with the process of not only putting the event together, but, you know, identifying players that could potentially come out? Absolutely. So, I mean, uh, going back to talking to the scouts, the agents and all that, and also talking with the schools, you know, the personnel directors at the schools, the recruiting coordinators, the pro liaisons, any information you can get, you know, hey, going into the spring, like, hey, who should we look out for? You know, and a simple conversation starter like that, and then it, you build off that. And, uh, you know, it's having a good rapport with everyone and making sure, okay, here are our targets. What do we do? What's the next step we do with this information? Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's really kind of a good way to kind of break it down. And then uh, as you kind of look back, you know, when, uh, you know, you mentioned, you know, year nine now of CGS, but uh, when you were first kind of starting off, like what was kind of the vision <laughs> for you uh, when you look back, like obviously things have evolved so much uh, over the landscape of, you know, not only just the event, but, you know, college sports in general uh, during that time period. But when you first kind of got connected uh, with the showcase and, you know, got started off, you know, how did that process kind of come about? Was that something that you always kind of had a passion for or, uh, how did you initially kind of develop that interest for, you know, working alongside, uh, you know, the, the college football showcase? Yeah. So I came on year three as an intern and then, man, that was back in 2016. Oh, wow. That was a long time ago. <laughs> um, so I came on as an intern and, you know, just doing whatever needed to be done, go and get the water, you know, uh, taking a player to a specific team, you know, just, you know, busting my butt pretty much and each and every year kind of like I go back to this analogy of you know taking another step in the ladder and Jose Jefferson and Craig Red, the two co-founders of the event you know are great friends of mine mentors and you know they're kind of taking me throughout the process of just not only the scouting scouting world but also event management um you know looking at the broad spectrum here okay you're bringing over 300 plus players plus agents plus scouts plus you know you know, sponsors, whatever. So you're looking at that broad spectrum and you're seeing, okay, wow, there's a lot that goes into this. So those two have been phenomenal in that aspect and just showed me what, you know, needs to be done on, you know, the building the roster is great, but there's also 10 million other things that needs to need to be done as well. So, um, you know, my role has kind of grown each and through the each year. Uh, this would be year seven. And then I think year, I want to say year five with the with the title they gave me. So, you know, we'll go with that. But uh, it's been, you know, it's been a, it's been a great ride. And, you know, uh, yeah, it's it's been awesome. Yeah, especially, you know, hearing how you were able to kind of start off, like you said, you know, being an intern, just kind of get a feel for the people around you, what needs to be done operations wise, and you're able to kind of gradually take on more responsibility there. I, I've definitely noticed that a lot when it comes to the, you know, the scouting player personnel, there's a lot of people that kind of want to get into it. And, um, you know, there's a, it's very competitive, but you can really kind of separate yourself by, you know, saying no to more, or, you know, not saying no <laughs> to as many things and being willing to kind of take on more and asking for more uh, tasks and challenges. So, um, you know, even kind of diving into that uh, in another level, like you said, you, you know, started doing things like, you know, filling the water, taking players, like what were some of those kind of like grunt tasks like, and, you know, how did you kind of able to kind of push through it, uh, you know, knowing that you may be able to get a payoff, which, you know, ultimately came up, but, you know, those first few years when it was kind of a grind for you, Mike, how were you able to kind of make sure that, uh, you know, it was still something that, you know, you wanted to do potentially for a career? I think just having a positive attitude, um, 
you know, I, I, I have a bubbly personality, I guess, you know, j joking around, but like a lot love talking to people, meeting new people, you know, networking is key. Um, just having a positive attitude with any task they send you. Um, like I think one of the tasks as well was, uh, I had to keep time on the field for practice and they, and my, my Jose actually gave me an actual egg timer and I, and I'm like, oh, oh, an egg timer. I can just use my watch, but like we, what, on a practice field, you want everything go run to the tee. You have coaches that want to say, Oh no, I need five more minutes. I'm like, well, no, the egg timer went off, but it just, you know, I have a loud voice. So I'll just say, all right, move from there. And then just being that, having a great personality, having the ability to say, yes, let me do it. And then, you know, being able to talk to people, as many people as you can, you know, broaden your network, um, you know, that, that goes a long way, you know? So I, I think that helped me a lot. And no, I still do not have that exact egg timer. So I think I threw that away, but that was like one of the menial tasks, you know, sure. uh, Hey, okay, this is your role and, and, and jump dive in right into your role. So that, that, that was a, that's that's a great point to have you know any role you're given to make sure you're going head first and ready to rock and roll yeah no doubt about that you know making the most of the opportunity that was provided for you and you know continuing yeah. to add on through doing that i loved hearing about that mike so really glad we could kind of dive into that here at the start provides a good background for kind of our listeners in terms of you know what is the college gridiron showcase and your role and then you know yeah. another big thing i wanted to touch on in this podcast mike is uh you know i mentioned that you know college athletics you know college football specifically there's been a lot of changes over the last you know handful of years you know there's been a big evolution uh that we've seen across uh you know college athletics so diving into some of those kind of like big topics that we've noticed changes in you know I think the transfer portal is one that really kind of sticks out is really impacted how you know the player evaluation process comes understanding that people come from different backgrounds where uh, you know maybe they came from a junior college or they went to a big school initially and then went to a smaller school for playtime but uh, just kind of broadly speaking how does your job and your evaluation change uh, knowing that there's been more and more transfers that have been you know uh, you know around college athletics uh, you know over the last handful of years. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a big part. Um, first and foremost, like whatever great whatever opportunity fits best best for the athletes, we always tell them go do that. Um, whether it's transferring or coming out for the draft, we always have first in mind uh, the the you know making sure it's the right fit for the athletes. So if they want to transfer and play that extra year, more power to them. You know we hope we want to we want them to succeed, or it's whether coming out for the draft. So. Um, you know, it, it's been tough a little bit, but, you know, again, uh, we have a great partnership with Tracking Football, who has the database for the transfer portal aspect and all that. And uh, Mark Branstead and his team do a phenomenal job with that. They're on our board. Um, so it, it, that helps tremendously. And then the aspect of, um, you know, just being being able to use social media to your advantage. OK, someone hit the portal. OK, great. Where, where, where are they going now? Um, you know, the, the eligibility. Um, you know, that can get a little crazy too, just not knowing, okay, it, it, are they using that COVID year? Or are they not? Uh, are they redshirt? So kind of having that fine tooth, having that fine tooth comb and, and, and scouring through, make sure you again, have the right information. Um, but it, it, it does add a level of hecticness, hecticness, excuse me. Um, and, uh, but no, you know, again, whatever is best for the athlete, we encourage the athlete to do. 
Yeah, I think that's a really big, you know, aspect of it is, you know, understanding that, you know, they came, it came from you know, a little bit different background. I think, you know, kind of traditionally college athletics, you know, the, the, the thought process, you know, going back was like, oh, you know, you left your school, like, oh, why are you, you know, trying to run away from, you know, a, a person who, you know, maybe is a little bit higher than you in the depth chart. But I think now a lot of people are a little bit more understanding of where they come from, understanding that, you know, you know like you said, with the eligibility, you only have a few years, you can be in college and, and eligible. So you want to make sure you're making the most of that. And, uh, uh, you know, being open to, you know, people who had kind of that transfer background one, maybe two, maybe three times, uh, you know, at this point, we've seen uh, a lot of more, uh, you know, athletes, especially in the football realm, uh, you know, taking advantage of that transfer opportunity. So, uh, you know, like you said, with social media, too, that's always a big way to find out, you know, oh, you, you see on Twitter, that <laughs> yeah. the player hit the transfer portal, you know, and this is where they're going. So that's a lot of way to get kind of that real time insight, too, which is uh, really interesting. So really good perspective for me on that, uh, Mike. And then the other aspect of college athletics, that's been really dynamic in terms of how it's changed over recent years has got to be NIL name image and likeness we've seen so much changing uh in that space um you know coming from like I said kind of the traditional view is oh that you know they're given a scholarship they're not supposed to be able to make any money any other ways but now embracing the athlete to say hey they have this uh, you know platform while they're in college they can use that to leverage uh you know their own income so how have you kind of noticed and you know you're networking and talking around people within the you know college space how has NIL really kind of changed and it's still very early and still a lot we are have unknown, of course. But how have you seen kind of in the first few years of NIL, uh, you know, how things have changed uh, in kind of the overall landscape of college sports? Yeah, I think it's been beneficial. Um, you know, it gives the athletes, you know, an opportunity to grow their brand, um, you know, in, in a multitude of ways. I'm still learning about it. Um, and so, again, you hit the nail on the head of, of it's so new. It's, it's kind of, you know, this crazy uh, – opportunity but it, i think in, in the long run i think it's beneficial for these college athletes to you know expand their brand and and, and take it take away with it um really doesn't uh, i don't think it really affects the all-star games uh space as much but um you know again you know whatever's beneficial for the athlete and then then the more power to them yeah, no doubt. That's uh, really good. And definitely, you know, good to hear that kind of mindset as well, just yeah. given how things have kind of changed, uh, you know, over over recent years, too. So uh, really good insight from you on that, Mike. I think kind of where I want to take the podcast next is also kind of the other side of where you're able to provide value working with Sports Connect and, you know, that kind of sales realm. And I know sales has been a big part of your experience, uh, you know, alongside of the scouting. And of course, you know, in player personnel, you know, you're trying to sell Absolutely. your case and that has a lot of kind of similarities, but kind of specifically with Sports Connect, with to kind of hear your insight in terms of how you would kind of describe you know the value that you're able to provide in sales uh you know over there with sports connect i uh, love it love love the team love love my uh our, our manager scott garfinkel he's awesome um been there for a couple months now and just an awesome opportunity to help youth sports organizations across the country. Um, so the, my sales background also helps me in talking with people, networking, you know, coming up with people and say, Hey, my name's Mike. Can we chat a little bit and then go from there? I mean, having the sales background has been crucial with CGS as well, because you have to talk about the event, talk about the event, to schools, the athletes, the agents, scouts. So you know, what is it, you know? So having that background in sales and having the opportunity to be on the team at Sports Connect has been awesome and, you know, wouldn't change it for the world. 
Yeah, no doubt. That's really interesting. Uh, as you said, you know, talking with a lot of people from different backgrounds, people who may have varying levels of familiarity, you know, with the event, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, options for them uh, when it comes to kind of that all-star game format. So um, I, I think just kind of broadly speaking in terms of sales, like what are some of those big lessons that you've learned early on when it comes to either your communication or follow-up points with other people? Like what are some of those big things that maybe you didn't necessarily know when you were kind of starting off in the industry that uh, you've been able to kind of refine, uh, you know, over the last handful of years i think having a having a positive attitude goes a long way um just having an upbeat positive attitude and and with talking with people then it goes a long way with building that relationship and and networking i think that's the biggest number one thing that i have learned over the years is having a positive attitude it, it 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 opens so many doors for you yeah, no doubt. I One of my favorite kind of quotes or things I always think back to is like, there's so little in this uh, world that we have control over, but you know, your yep. effort and your attitude are definitely two big ones. So Absolutely. It, it definitely does go a long way to your point when it comes to that kind of, you know, positive mindset, positive attitude going into a situation uh, that maybe not everybody has on kind of that day-to-day basis, yeah. be a way to kind of separate yeah. you. Uh, from some other people as well. So um, yeah, awesome insight there. And just kind of also, you know, a lot of our listeners are people that are kind of still kind of early on in college or in their careers, still searching for some of those opportunities. What kind of is some other advice outside of, you know, being able to do kind of that grunt work, having that positive mindset, what would you kind of recommend to people that are, you know, maybe not necessarily even trying to get into scouting or player personnel, but kind of sports in general, in terms of how they can kind of elevate and and develop their careers that are still early Absolutely. Um, I think first and foremost, you know, make sure everything lines up with your social medias your linkedins everything because i i say keep it all professional um because your social media platforms are extension of your resume um and then i make it a goal of mine i try to network at least reach out to the one or two people a day just say hey how you doing we'd love to connect chat and go from there because that that's building up uh, building your brand building out your network um make yourself out there, make yourself known out there because if you're sitting waiting for an opportunity to come you're going to be waiting a long time because no people don't know about you yet. So right. build, having the ability to reach out and, and connect with people, you know, make it, make it a goal, reach out to one or two people a day. You might not hear anything back, but you know, again, it's that building that opportunity to create an opportunity, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. And this was something that I would say I was even a little bit victim of when I was maybe a freshman or a sophomore in college, you know, waiting to say, oh, I want someone to, you know, reach out to me. I want that perfect opportunity. I want them to Absolutely. want me. But it's totally the flip. As you said, you got to be someone that's reaching out to to others and, you know, saying, hey, this is kind of who I am. This is value. Absolutely. I you know, to your organization. So that's a really good point. And even LinkedIn as well. Um, you know, this was how we got connected, Michael, Absolute, and yeah. something that I think is really important when it comes to being proactive. Like you said, keep it manageable. One to two people a day is not too bad, but uh, yeah. you know, when you do that and you're able to follow up, you're able to kind of build those organic connections, uh, you know, through time and, and LinkedIn is such a good tool and, and a resource yeah. available to anybody that uh, you can get connected with people that, you know, work in sports and uh, are interested in helping you out. So, um, you know, on that note too, I, I think think that's something we touched on a lot on this podcast when it comes to LinkedIn. You know, what would you recommend to someone that, uh, you know, is just, just kind of starting off LinkedIn, they've heard about it, but maybe they're not necessarily too familiar. I know for me, I was probably on LinkedIn, but it wasn't, you know, another year or two before I really started to get in and, and use the platform more. So, uh, you know, maybe people that are just kind of early on in LinkedIn, they feel like they may not have a ton of experience, not a big network. How do you kind of push them to, to motivate them to continue to, you know, use LinkedIn as a resource? Oh, you know what? Again, it comes back to, you know, just 
uh, making sure your profile is up to date and then, you know, working on it, you know, for like five, 10 minutes each day. I mean, you're building it up, building up, make sure like I'm reaching out, connecting with people, you know, making sure everything falls in line with it. But, you know, again, it, it, it doesn't take all day, just five to 10 minutes each day working on it. And then, you know, then you build up the process and it, it then, then you have something presentable and you go from there. Right. Yeah. That's so well said and aligns with the scouting process too. It doesn't happen overnight. You got to chip away <laughs> yeah. at it, uh, making those little uh, adjustments as they come. Absolutely. I think, yeah, Absolutely. Like specifically for me, I would say like kind of that about or like the info page on LinkedIn. I was always like, oh, I, I don't know what to write here. Like uh, <laughs> kind of like an empty text box. You're waiting for something to write. Yeah. That was something I remember. It took me, you know, a handful of weeks of just kind of chipping away at it before I finally felt really comfortable about, you know, just such a little about page on a little blurb on LinkedIn. So uh, absolutely. Really yeah. as well. So I uh, appreciate that one from you, Mike. So uh, awesome. Really enjoyed that, uh, you know, kind of conversation and advice. I think our listeners will really kind of enjoy yeah. that. Um, how we like to kind of end off our podcast, Mike, is we like to get a little bit more insight into who you are as a person. So we call it our Flash Friday segment. Uh, so we got to ask you a couple <laughs> questions to get uh, our listeners a little bit better insight into you. So we got to start it. Let's uh, rock and roll. on the college football theme first. So well, give me the most memorable college football game for you. It could be a game you've been at, a game you watched on TV, just a really tight, you know, crazy overtime game, anything like yeah. that. The single most memorable college football game uh, that you remember watching. I think it was the Army Navy game back in 2002. My cousin uh, went to the Naval Academy, so I think it was his freshman year or sophomore year. My dad and I went up. I was like 11 years old, 12 years old. It was at New York Giants Stadium, old Meadowlands, and just the atmosphere, the the just everything going around that game has been was phenomenal. I I, I encourage anyone to go to an Army Navy football game because that is the best atmosphere and experience in college football. That is awesome. I still got to get to an Army Navy game myself. My yep. dad has been to one of those and he said the same thing. It was just an amazing yeah. experience. Yes. So uh, you, you, you feel a lot more than just watching a football game, uh, yep. an Army Navy yep. game. So I always make sure I watch it on TV, but I still got to get to one in person. So I'll have to take you up on that and, and make sure it happens for me as well. So uh, last one I got, we'll, we'll keep it light on the Flash Friday, but uh, let's talk about tailgating real quick, Mike. You know, college football, <laughs> it's it's born and bred in the, in the tailgating. What is the Absolutely. best tailgate spread uh, that you could have? Say you're going to, you know, you're going to the Army Navy game. You're out there tailgating. What is included in your uh, in your tailgate spread for food? Oh man, um, wow, that's a great question. Uh, you, you can never go wrong with a good nacho. You know, nacho platter. Um, oh wow, burgers, hot dogs, nice. the essentials. You know, n- nothing too fancy, nothing too crazy. You know, build a good base for the rest of the game, so you're not buying you know an eighteen dollar uh, hot dog yeah. or nacho. So you're you're good to go there. Yeah, so that I, I I stick with that. I'm not gonna get too crazy there. Yeah, there you go. Keep it light. You know, you can get a big yeah. group of people. They're all happy. They're absolutely. all satisfied. Absolutely. The absolutely. So, uh, I love it. That's good stuff. Always got to uh, make sure you get the nachos. That's an essential one. Make sure everybody. Uh, oh man, break that's that the one best down. appetizer you can go, man. <laughs> don't don't be going to the tailgate without your nachos. So good advice. Oh man, that's uh, that's the best. Yeah, love it. Really good stuff there, uh, Mike. So awesome. Really enjoyed having you on uh, the show, Mike. What would be kind of a, the best way for our listeners uh, to kind of get in contact with you? Absolutely. So I'm on Instagram, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook. Please reach out. You know, we'd love to chat. Uh, have any questions about CGS or my background, um, just type in Mike Riddleman. I'm sure you'll find it up there um, unless you block me already. I don't know, but you know, jokingly, <laughs> jokingly, but no, we'd love to connect with anyone and net, we'll love networking and talking about 
you know, CGS and everything like that. Um, and then we'll, uh, we'll go from there. Cool. Awesome. Really appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, we'll throw those links in the uh, description uh, of this awesome. podcast for you guys as well. Uh, so you can go over and uh, make sure you get connected with uh, with Mike. So uh, that's it, Mike. Really, again, appreciate you for coming on. Thanks to everybody uh, at home for for tuning in and listening. Make sure you check out the College Gridiron Showcase uh, coming up, uh, you know, this offseason. And uh, thanks, everybody, again. We'll talk to you guys all uh, next episode. Thanks again.